It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Tuesday. I hope you are all well wherever you are watching or listening to today's episode around the world. Okay, it is Tuesday. We are edging closer and closer to the weekend. We are coming towards the end of the international break. Just a couple more days for us all to cross those fingers and hope all the Arsenal players return home fit and ready for Saturday's big, big game in West London. Of course, Arsenal travelling to Chelsea in the Premier League trying to back up that fantastic win against Manchester City just before the international break. We've got a few things to discuss today. David Raya has been speaking for the first time, giving an interview with The Athletic, been discussing his relationship with Aaron Ramsdale, Mikel Arteta, that sort of stuff, responding to Gary Neville, who was talking about how he looked like a scared rabbit or something like that during the uh, Arsenal-Manchester City game. So look at some of those comments. Mohamed Elneny's been talking about when he was given a new contract and what that meant to him. Uh, we'll look at the internationals as well. Big night for England, of course, today and got some comments and questions from you guys as well to wrap things up. So let's get started, shall we? And we'll start by talking about David Raya and his interview with The Athletic. I'll drop the link to the interview in the description below if you want to go and have a read of it afterwards. It's a really good interview with David, who's over with Spain at the internationals at the moment. And he's been talking a lot about what's been going on. Arsenal signing the relationship with Aaron Ramsdale, of course, like I said, talking about Gary Neville's comments. So on, in terms of what he said about Aaron Ramsdale, I thought this was the most interesting thing because that's what the spotlight is, isn't it? Let's face it. Since the moment David Raya signed for Arsenal, it's all been about what does this mean for Aaron Ramsdale? What's the relationship with Ramsdale going to be like? And Raya's been speaking about it now. And he says the relationship it's very good. At the end of the day, we are mates, which is the important thing. We have a very healthy relationship. There are no problems. We push each other every day in training. When he's a little bit down, I push him. And when I'm a little bit down, he does the same. We train three goalkeepers, four at the most, for out for hours a week. And you need that kind of relationship because otherwise the training is not going to go well. Arteta gives me the confidence to be there. 
that he wanted to have two top players in each position and it was up to me to find the time and fight to get the minutes. He talks as well in the interview about uh, about Arteta and saying he just really wanted to play for Mikel Arteta. He was a manager who wanted to play under that sort of philosophy and that's why he really wanted the move. He said if he could, he would have signed permanently straight away. Talks all about that sort of stuff as well. So it's well worth a read. As I said, I've dropped the description in. You do, of course, need an athletic subscription to be able to read it but if you do if you do have one then the link is below for you to read that he also talks about Gary Neville as you know it was I think Ram Raya's performance against City was you know it was, it was certainly um highlighted wasn't it by the commentary on Sky Sports and by the fans because you could tell the fans were getting a little bit nervous he was taking too long on the ball he got closed down once which nearly led to a goal and there was just a nervousness about it when he got the ball and get Gary Neville on commentary was saying, I can spot a scared, uh, I can spot a nervous wreck of a goalkeeper a mile off. And that is one. It was something like that, he said. Um, and that was just after Raya's clearance had been closed down by, it was Alvarez, wasn't it? When he went into the side netting. And so he's been responding to Neville and he said, it's something I've internalised, but it's also the coach's orders. What he doesn't want is for us to start just hitting balls. We have to invite a player, as in you know, an opponent, to come and press him, to come out a little bit. I'm the free man, and once a striker or someone jumps me, that leaves the free man on the pitch. and We have to look for superiority. That's the way the coach tells me to play. The fans aren't used to us goalkeepers having the ball for a long time, and if they, as he means the opponents, the striker, don't press, then you have to wait for the moment to pass the ball. It's a risk that we take, but I take the responsibility that if one day there's a mistake, I'll raise my hand. There's no way around it. It's really interesting. It's just, I think the way we see goalkeepers now is really interesting and the way they play and what the demands that are being placed on them by coaches are now are just completely different. Arteta talked about it after the City game, didn't he? He said, look, it's my fault. I'm the one that's saying to Raya to play the way that he's playing against Man City. I don't want him to kick him. I want him to hold onto the ball. If no one's pressing him, I want him to just keep the ball at his feet and wait until someone eventually does come and press him. And that leaves a free man somewhere else on the pitch. And that's what Ryan's talking about there. And for us as fans in the ground, sometimes it can be like, what's he doing? Just get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. And it's really hard. And you're trying to put pressure on the player, on the keeper to get rid of the ball. And you can hear that. You can hear the anxiety almost in the fans. And But at the end of the day, he is following a coach's orders. He's following his manager's orders. So it's an interesting sort of, balance I think that we potentially as fans have to come to accept when you've got a goalkeeper like David Raya who's in the side for that exact reason um, it might take a little bit of getting used to obviously there might be mistakes on the way there probably will be mistakes on the way we've seen them already with one clearance against Lons that led to the Lons equaliser so yeah it's going to be interesting I think also the fact that with David Raya is that Aaron Ramsdale was so loved by this fan base as well. He's so well supported by the fan base that any goalkeeper who come in and suddenly moves Aaron Ramsdale for no fault of Ramsdale's own as well, out of the side, it's going to be extra spotlight on him. It's going to be under even more of the microscope in any era. It's going to be seized upon as reason for like, oh, he shouldn't be in the team. Why has he replaced Aaron Ramsdale? So I think a lot of... I, I, was, I was listening to Ars blog um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. And him and James were, as usual, having a really good chat about this. And James said a really good point on it where he was like, um, you know, we've all been looking at it through sort of Aaron Ramsdale's point of view at the moment, but no one's really sort of looked at it from David Raya's point of view. And for him, this is a really difficult situation as well. He's come in 
replaced a goalkeeper who's absolutely adored by the fan base. Again, a goalkeeper who hasn't really made any mistakes, so you know doesn't really deserve to be out of the side for any reason of his own. And suddenly you've got this player coming in who suddenly moved him out of the team. Ramsdale's also really popular in the dressing room. So, you know, Raya's under an awful lot of pressure as well because of that. And I think we've all been looking at it from an Aaron Ramsdale point of view because we all feel so sorry for Aaron Ramsdale. But from David Raya, it's not an easy situation as well. So you kind of got to look at it from both ways. But it's a really good interview. I do urge you, if you can, to have a look at it. The description is in the link below. Okay, some comments from Mohamed Elneny, which I thought were really interesting. He's been speaking to a few reporters over the last couple of days. The interview went out. Simon Collins from The Standard um, sat down with him. I tweeted that, um, tweeted Simon's or retweeted Simon's interview. Go and have a read of it. It's really good. One of the um, things he spoke about was how sort of emotional he was when he uh, he signed that new contract. I thought it was really interesting that he cried almost the day that Arsenal did that and gave him the new contract. Now, there was a lot of sort of criticism. I don't know if that's the the right way of describing it. When um, he got that new deal from from Arsenal, a lot of the supporters were like, why, why are Arsenal doing that? And the, but it, I thought it was a really classy touch from Arsenal. You know, Mo got that really bad knee injury. He was going to be out of contract. And suddenly he's facing up to this huge rehab not knowing if he was going to be contracted to a club. You know, it's a really difficult time for a player. And he's been such a good servant for Arsenal. So well liked. And, you know, Arsenal gave him this new contract just to give him a bit of peace of mind. Remember Arsene Wenger doing something very, very similar with Santi Cazorla when he got injured. And, you know, I, I can see why some fans are like, oh, this isn't a, you know, a sort of friend shop. We, we should just be doing what's best from a business point of view. But I think you also have to be doing what's best from a human point of view as well at times. And I think Arsenal did that with Mohamed Oneni. I thought it was a really nice touch. And, you know, clearly it meant an awful lot to him. He said it was one of the happiest days in my life. The way they spoke to me, the way the entire club was happy about the decision, they made me cry this day. Uh, I was injured. My contract was finishing. I could not play anymore. And they came straight away after I got injured the next day and said, Mo, what sort of contract will it have to be? We love you here and we want you to stay. Really, this club is great. He also talked a lot about his... um, this new club he's launched in London, El Neni FC, I think it's called. And it's going to be a sort of a, a club that he's saying he wants to get to the Premier League. And at the moment, it's sort of he's looking at sort of getting you know, almost an academy route through, but also for older players as well into professional football. But he sees it as a way of, you know, potentially this is what he's going to do when he hangs up playing. He's going to focus on it's going to be his business over here. And he's, he wants to try and get it to the Premier League, he said, which is very, very ambitious. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really nice move what Arsenal did with El Nene. I think his comments in this interview sort of said an awful lot about what it meant to him. And um, you know, he's such a popular player at the club. And he's still there and could still well have a bit of a part to play this season. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, moving on, Kyle Walker has also been talking about that uh, infamous spat, shall we say, with uh, Nicholas Yeover at the end of the Manchester City game. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have, is when he, Kyle Walker was walking off Yeover. Arsenal set-piece coach, tried to shake his hand. Walker was not happy about it, started kicking off, and it all ended up in a bit of a ruck. You can see, if you're watching on YouTube, a sort of picture of it moment here. You can see Ernie Haaland looking around. Haaland does end up getting involved. All the Man City players get involved. Arsenal security staff come in. Kai Walker starts getting angry with the Arsenal security staff. It all kicked off. And um, it was quite an interesting little ending to the Arsenal-Manchester City game. And Walker's been speaking about it while on international duty at the moment with England. And he's sort of explained what happened. He said, I don't like losing a couple of matches before. He means a couple of matches before when Arsenal played Man City. Nico, so Nico Yeover, who worked for us at Manchester City, did not want to shake hands when we beat them. When he lost, he wanted to shake my... When we lost, he wanted to shake my hand and I did not take it lightly. It's as simple as that. I haven't been in touch but I have been concentrating on England and I probably will reach out to him. Definitely. I will say it was probably a bit too much. It shows the standards I've achieved and what I've learned over the years. It's a big match there and losing the way we did so late, it hurts. But if it did not hurt, I am probably at the wrong club as we are title contenders. So there he is explaining exactly what went on. Sort of, I think he was just a bit angry that Yeover didn't shake his hand when Arsenal lost a couple of games ago when he tried to shake his hand. And at this occasion, when Arsenal won, he over straight away with his hand outstretched, trying to shake Carl Walker's hand. And there's much ado, in a, a much ado about nothing. We all love a bit of drama at the end of matches, and that was certainly a bit of drama. But sort of looking at that explanation by Carl Walker now, you can kind of see what happened. And look, Man City were fuming, weren't they? They'd lost in a very right, let you on in a really, really important game. And as he said, if you're a winner, Carl Walker, Manchester City are winners. If you lose games, you don't like it. You are not in a good mood. Um, you go back to the great Arsenal teams when they used to lose games, the Invincibles, you know, some of the reactions when they would lose games around that era. Um, you know, they were never happy. And you don't want to be happy if you're a if you're a top team and you want to win games. You don't want to be happy. And I'm sure if Carl Walker does reach out to Nicholas Yeover, um, that they'll uh, kiss and make up fairly, fairly quickly. OK, just before I get on some of your questions and comments, just to round up what's going on tonight for uh, internationally. We've got England in action. So you've got Declan Rice. Aaron Ramsdale, potentially Eddie Nketiah. Will Nketiah get his first cap in a competitive game? He played against Australia on Friday. Obviously, if he plays tonight, that's it. He's committed to England. If he doesn't, then there is still the option of him playing for Ghana because the game on Friday night against Australia was only a friendly. So we'll wait and see if he gets any minutes. Declan Rice will certainly be starting that game uh, if England win. I think they qualify if they win. So, yeah, fingers crossed everyone comes through that. All right, Alexander Zinchenko as well. He's in action for Ukraine. Thomas Party not in action until tomorrow. I don't think Ghana playing um, over in the United States in Nashville for their second friendly. And once that's done, then that's it all over. We've got the Brazilians as well to come home, hopefully. I can't remember who Brazil have got, actually. 
um, in their next game. And then hopefully everyone can come back fit and we can be ready for that big, big game on Saturday. Mikel Arteta's press conference is 9am on Friday morning this week. So we'll start to really sort of gear up to that from tomorrow onwards. Some questions and comments before we wrap this on up. One Nation 9510 says, should Arsenal consider Ollie Watkins, boyhood Arsenal fan, instead of Ivan Tony? Um, not for me. I don't think so. He's also just signed a new contract with Aston Villa literally in the last couple of weeks. So he's not going to go anywhere. Villa are an ambitious club. Now they've got a lot of money behind them. It would take big, big money to get Ollie Watkins out. And I just don't think he's going anywhere. And I also think if Arsenal are going to sign a striker, potentially they need a bit of a different option to what they've already got. And I think Watkins is a player, a forward who, although Ulai is trying to get him to play more centrally, and he is playing more centrally, he still likes to drift out wide a little bit. And I think if they are going to get another striker, then you need more of a sort of target man option because that's just one thing that's missing in their squad. So as well as Ollie Watkins is doing at the moment, not for me. Uh, I don't think that's one Arsenal should be really considering. Uh, the real Nostradamus uh, says, Charles, do you think, or do you know if we would adapt a new affiliation feeder club? I recall years ago, I think it was Beveren in Belgium, where we managed to have a Boué and Yaya Toure network to Arsenal. Maybe if the likes of Wiltshire did take the Rapids jobs and took a couple of academy players over each season. Well, look, I think we are seeing more of an affiliation potentially between the sort of Arsenal and Rapids and the, with the KSE network. Arsenal signed Austin Trusty from Rapids last January was it and then immediately you know sold him on for profit you know fairly fairly quickly um potentially we might be seeing Jack Wiltshire go over there a little bit more I think that link up between Arsenal and in that KSE network might be something we see strengthened and continuing to strengthen over the next couple of years I don't really at the moment see them going down the proper affiliation route kind of like what Chelsea are doing with the multi-club format I think it'd be more within the KSE network um and I'm not sure about whole feeder club thing. I know obviously Beveren was something that Arsene Wenger did and Arsenal went down that route. Steve Morrow was caught sort of overlooking the whole, that that sort of multi-club thing that Arsenal did and were ahead of the curve really when they did it with Arsene Wenger. They moved on from that. They shut that network down. Um, and I think if they are going to sort of move on to that, I think like you said, maybe it would be something with the Rapids um, just sort of staying within the KSE network, but I don't really see them doing what Chelsea are doing, you know, and sort of like what they've done with Strasbourg and, and those sort of sides and basically, you know, buy stakes in those clubs. I just, I'm not sure that's what Arsenal are looking to do at the moment. Um, a couple here in reply to what I was talking about yesterday with Edu's trip over to Brazil and this speculation linking them with a move with Andre Fluminense. Charlie obviously is a, knows far more about him than I do, says he's a monster. Give him a year and it'll be an easy upgrade on Jorginho and Party. Upgrade on Party. I'm and Jorginho, to be fair. I mean, that's a big shout, Charlie. Obviously, you know, know more than me. Um, still very young, only 22. Never played out of Brazil. I think it might take him more of a year to to get up to the sort of Jorginho and party standards, given the standard that those two are at. But um, good to hear anyway that you think he's a very good player if, and I haven't got any information on that myself, if Arsenal do indeed try and rival Liverpool for Andre. And uh, Ravel Burton says, I really hope we get Andre um guy is really good so a couple of good shouts there in terms of what Andre potentially would be like if Arsenal did move for him and one more here from El Jeff says hi Charles would you say swapping Inketia with Tony in the January window plus 40 million would be a good deal and Ketia work rate is good and move to Brentford would be good for his development a win-win for both clubs I don't know about this I thought this was interesting I think Inketia of 40 million I'm not sure that is a good deal to be honest, whatever you think of Eddie, 
He's now in England international. He's young. He's got a long-term contract. He's playing regularly in the Premier League. Any other club <laughs> would be valuing Eddie Nketiah at a huge amount of money. Um, and, you know, Tony's got 80 months left on his contract. He's going to be 28 fairly soon. I'm just not sure that's a good deal for me. I don't really think it would be. I think if I don't think Arsenal need to be offering 40 million plus in Ketia, but you know, they've just sold Balogun for 35 million to a non-Premier League club who's never played in the Premier League before. Um, and only had basically was, was his contract was running down almost. So I think you've got to be looking for far more than that if you're looking to potentially sell Eddie and Ketia, who I think there would be a big, big market for. And also, personally for me, I think if Arsenal are to get Tony, I wouldn't really want Nketia to go anyway because you're not, you're, you're kind, maybe you're strengthening your starting options, but you're not strengthening your squad because it's one striker going out and one striker going in, coming in. So you're still really only with two strikers there. I think if you're signing Tony, you're still keeping Ketia for me and you just bolster your options and you give you more strength and depth in terms of your forward options for me so no that's my answer to your question now Jeff I don't think that would be a good deal at all I like Ivan Tony, and I would be quite happy for him to come to Arsenal but I'm not sure that would necessarily be in with uh, Nketiah going the wrong way I'd still be keeping it Eddie as well just to strengthen the squad all right that's it from me everyone thank you very much for your time as always thanks for watching or listening wherever you are i hope you have a very very good tuesday i'll be back tomorrow be doing extra time tomorrow with james benj as well so keep your eyes uh, out for that one if you have any questions for me and james please do send them in in the comments below and i'll choose some of them for tomorrow's episode when we do sit down have a great day everyone speak to you soon Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.